you believe in something this morning? Why don't you believe in a church? Why don't you believe in the glory of dominion that God gave us the power to build a building on a hill that stands for something in the community? That we're not afraid to stand up for what we believe in and tell the lawmakers and the rulers in this nation and every other nation in the world, Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He's coming back and you better repent of your sins or you're going to answer for them. And God cares about this building and He cares about the churches that sprinkle the landscape of this nation. And if you go to Europe today, you'll see cathedral after cathedral that were beautiful and they're empty. And if we don't get right in this nation, that's going to happen. Look around you at the sloth. Look at the empty pews. Look at the big gaps. They didn't want to hear the truth. Believe in something today. Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the sermon. Extra ecclesium nulla salis. Extra, outside. Ecclesium, the church. Nulla, there is no salus, salvation. Outside the church, there is no salvation. We've explored the teachings of the Bible to explain why that is true. One of the things that we've learned in the series is that as blood is to the human body, so is grace to the body of Christ. You realize that the Bible describes the collective of the true disciples of Christ on the earth as, quote, the body of Christ. That's done on purpose. It further describes the flow of divine saving grace. We sing songs about that, don't we? We name churches after that. We name our daughters grace. So why, does this, why do the scriptures tell us that we are corporately the body of Christ? What does that mean? Well, the same scriptures that tell you that you are saved by what? Grace, you're saved by grace. This was a big deal to Martin Luther, wasn't it? He hammered the thesis to the door of the Catholic church because they were misleading people to believe that they were saved by works. Martin Luther was a Catholic priest that read the scriptures and said, we're wrong, we. He took ownership. He said, we Catholics, he was a priest, we're wrong. We're misleading the people of God. We're not saved by works. We're saved by grace. Of course, he found that because it says it right in the scriptures. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9, you are saved by grace and not of works, lest any man should boast. You can't be more plain than that. Martin Luther read it in the scrolls and went, holy mackerel, we're teaching completely wrong. And that started a religious war and thank God for the religious war because because of Martin Luther, even the Catholic Church in recent years has acquiesced and acknowledged that he was right and they were wrong. I was actually in Rome, Italy when that happened. Lutheran leadership came together with Catholic leadership and the Catholic Church humbly said we were wrong. He was right. But then the scripture says something else. It says you were saved by grace and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And in another place, I'll give you three passages. You could look it up later if you're taking notes. Hebrews 12, 23, Luke 22:20, 20, and Revelation 12, 11. Those are three passages. I'll repeat them again. Man, I can just write them down right here. Hebrews 12, 23, Luke 
22:20, Revelation 12:11. All three of these passages say that you are saved by the blood of the Lamb. Well, that's interesting. Well, which is it? Because these three say that you are saved by the blood of the Lamb. In fact, Jesus says it himself, Luke 22, 20. He's handing out the elements. Remember what he did? And he broke the bread and he passed it to the disciples. And then he had the fruit of the vine, wine, and he passed it and he said, this is my blood shed for you for the remission of sins. So Jesus believed you're saved by his blood. The book of Revelation says emphatically at the end, we're saved, we overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb. We're saved by the blood of the lamb. Hebrews 12, 23, speaking to a Jewish audience in terms that they could understand about sacrifice, points out again that we are all able to go to heaven because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So we're saved by the blood. And yet everybody knows Martin Luther found it. It's right in the Bible. The apostle Paul said it in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. You're saved by what? Grace. Now, some would say, well, which is it? Well, it's both. Because guess what? They are both metaphorically the same. Grace is to the body of Christ what your red blood is to your physical body. That's why you're saved by grace and you're saved by the blood. See, the Bible writers, the Holy Spirit, of course, is the ultimate author, inspiring men to say these things the way that they said it. And then you go back to the scriptures, you find that the Bible is extremely consistent. The human heart, we said last time that I spoke, beats 100,000 times in 24 hours. That's a lot of beats. In fact, it's the strongest muscle in your body, your heart. Your heart right now is beating. Before, before you make this time 24 hours from now, it will have beat, on average, about 100,000 times. We've looked at the pattern of God since creation in the book of Genesis. And I said, very poetically, but I mean it, the heartbeat of God beats every seven days. Always has. Fa-boom. A day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. It makes sense to me. God's heart beats once every seven days. Your heart beats 100,000 times every day. And then Jesus points out that we're sustained by bread. Use the term bread to refer to all food, nourishment. The human body is sustained by bread. The nutrients are taken from the eating of it and then carried throughout the human body through the blood flow. The bread breaks down in your stomach. The blood is a, an agent that takes the nutrients and travels throughout your body, feeding every organ the nutrients and the nourishment that it needs to sustain your life. You know that from biology. That's how life is sustained, by eating food. The once born, those of you who exist because your parents got together procreated and you were conceived in the womb fearfully and wonderfully made and nine months later you were born into the earth you're a once borner you're born once your life is sustained by your blood the scripture says the life is in your blood and again your blood travels throughout all the different parts of your body continually with the beating of the heart nourishing all of your organs your skin your bones your tissue your marrow your brain everything is being nourished not only is it bringing the things that your body needs to stay alive, it's also removing the impurities and taking the impurities out of your body so that it's discarded and flushed out, all keeping you clean, fresh, and happy, unless you eat a lot of nachos. <laughs> if you eat too many nachos, even your blood fails to have the proper nutrients to keep your body going. 
But the heartbeat of God happens one time every seven days. And that's significant because if you're born once, your heart needs to beat to keep you alive. But if you're a twice born, say, I'm a twice born. You've been born again, you've been born twice. There's another kind of blood and another kind of nourishment that sustains your eternal life. And in the same sense that you wouldn't want to go very long without your physical heart beating, let me tell you, it's dangerous spiritually to your spiritual life to miss the heartbeat of God, which happens every seven days in a a God-fearing, gospel-preaching church near you. If you don't go to the church, extra ecclesium nullisalis, you are dislocating yourself from the body of Christ. You're missing out on the impulse of God's heartbeat and the grace that flows sideways from person to person sustaining your spiritual life. You will eventually become ill spiritually. You will eventually become sick spiritually and you will stay that way and grow more ill and more sick and more weak until finally you're separated from God entirely. With that in mind, Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And he knew what he was saying because when the anointed preaching of the gospel comes from a pulpit, the word of God is coming and it has the very grace of God. It's invisible, you can't see it, but that word has the power to go into your ears physically and get into your spirit and to nourish the part of you that needs the very life and blood of God. The grace of Jesus Christ is flowing since Calvary. It was shed for you, but it is still flowing and his heart is still beating. And you need his grace, his blood cleansing you. Oh, the blood of Jesus washes white as snow. We sang all those songs. Maybe we didn't realize really what we were saying. Because every time we sing about the blood of Jesus Christ, we're singing about the grace of Jesus Christ. They're one and the same. As your physical blood is to your human body, so is the grace of Jesus Christ to the body of Christ. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And the word of God, the preached word in particular in that seven-day cycle, established in creation and God rested on the seventh day. That word also gets into your heart contaminated by sin and begins to remove the impurities that are ruining you. If you'll let it, it will remove the impurities in how you think. It'll remove the impurities in how you behave. It'll remove the impurities of your attitude. It will change you into the person you should have been before sin contaminated and messed you up. God made you beautifully. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. He has truly an extraordinary plan and purpose for your existence. Your job is to discover what it is. And frankly, the only way that you're going to achieve it is by allowing the preached word of God, the grace of God, to Get in like blood and move the impurities out and nourish the good things. See, that's the thing about the grace of God. The grace of God will never strengthen the bad parts of you. It will weaken the bad parts of you. It wants to remove the bad parts of you. And at that very same moment, it wants to strengthen the parts of you that are lined up with God's purpose and will for you personally. And so as... blood in your body when your heart is beating 100,000 times every 24 hours takes the life-giving nourishment to all of your internal organs and so the grace of God on Sunday anytime that we're gathered together two or more of us emphasis on the more 
there Jesus is in the midst of us. And the grace of God flows sideways, person to person. This is why it's so important to have relationships and fellowship in the body of Christ. To know the people sitting in the room with you when you come together to sing. When you come together to hear the preaching of the word. Jesus is reaching out to you and cleansing you and strengthening you from the people sitting next to you. And this is why Jesus said, when you give a cup of cold water to someone, you've done it to me. Because grace flows sideways. If you provide clothes for the naked, you've provided me with clothes, Jesus said, because grace flows sideways. Your willingness to accept God's grace into your life is only as valuable as your willingness to let it flow out of you for the benefit of someone else. Do you know why? Turn to your neighbor and say this, blood clots are from Satan. If you were always only receiving the grace on Sunday and almost never exchanging it with others, you are a blood clot in the body of Christ. You've stopped up the flow of nourishment and the flow of cleansing. And quite often a blood clot in the body of Christ is someone who doesn't love their neighbor enough as their self to confront them when they're in sin. You would rather be popular. You would rather have them slap you on the back and think that you're a great guy. You want to have a funeral where people get up and say, he had no enemies in the world. That's not a good funeral. If you don't have any enemies in the world, if nobody ever took issue with you, it's because you failed. Because you did not stand for what Jesus stood for. Let me tell you something about the greatest funeral ever to happen in the world. It was the funeral of Jesus Christ. And nobody got up at his funeral and said, he had no enemies in the world. Everyone loved him. I don't want to have a funeral like a pagan. I want to have a funeral like Jesus Christ where everybody that comes knows. That guy was controversial. That guy stood for something. A lot of people hated him. If they say that at my funeral, I have succeeded because that is what Jesus did. That's what Jesus accomplished. And every patriarch after him and before him, Jesus said, if you follow me, you'll be hated for my namesake. So if you go to your funeral and they get up and say, nobody hated you and everybody loved you, you failed. And you did not obey Jesus Christ. Because he said, if you obey him, they'll hate you. You're listening to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Don't miss the conclusion of this sermon after these messages. Hello everyone, it's Pastor Kerry. You know, I remember a pivotal moment in American history and I sat and I watched this drama unfold in Florida concerning Terry Schiavo, who was this woman, she had gone on an extreme diet to lose weight and had lost consciousness. And the next thing you know, a few years later, they're literally euthanizing her in a nursing home. I was horrified when I watched that happen and it set me into a journey to discover and answer some questions that are very important, especially in the field of the political world. Should Christians, for example, simply submit to the possible consequences of decisions or should they make decisions exclusively based upon the Word of God? Now that sounds simple to ask that question and people flippantly answer it but you'll find that the answer is very clear in the Bible and it's also very troubling to modern Christians. 
Very few Christians truly live out the correct answer to that question. Well, I've put together a cartoon series. It's a whiteboard project where I teach you through some steps of logic and then had an artist in the church draw out the illustrations of what I'm trying to convey. It's really a remarkable thing, and it's free. All you have to do is go to the website to enjoy it, and I'll take you down the road of the journey I went on long ago answering that important question. Should Christians make decisions in life based exclusively on what God's Word says, or should they bow down to the threat of consequences? Because you realize sometimes when you make right decisions, there are very painful consequences. And here's where you need to go. I'll give you the website twice. StepsToPoliticalEpiphany.com That's StepsToPoliticalEpiphany.com Please enjoy the presentation. It could really change your life. Thank you for listening and God bless. To Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Thank you for tuning in. And so a blood clot can be not allowing the good, sweet, positive, nourishing, encouraging things of God to flow out of you to help other people. But it can also be and the other use of grace, just as it is in the body, the blood, to remove impurities, it could also be that you are unwilling to confront people in the body of Christ that you know are in sin, that they've seared their conscience so far that they are no longer able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit for themselves, and therefore God has a backup plan and it's called blood flow. It's called you because you have a relationship and their physical ears are still working, you can talk to them and say, what you're doing is wrong. But most of the time, that doesn't happen. It's sad. Turn to your neighbor again and say, blood clots are from Satan. Don't be a blood clot. Don't be part of the heart problems and the blockages of the arteries of the body of Christ because you will neither encourage by the grace or remove the impurities by it. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. Sometimes when people get sick in their body, there is some issue, like for example, diabetes is known for doing this where it restricts blood flow to a particular area. Usually it's the, the far ends of the body, the hands or the feet, where blood seems to have a difficult time getting there. It's still getting there, but not quite enough. And so what happens when blood flow doesn't flow enough to the foot, People that suffer from diabetes will tell you this. I've known people that had to have their foot amputated for this reason. If they injure themselves because there's not enough blood flow, the injury won't heal fast enough. And it's not that it isn't healing at all. It is healing. It's just healing so slow that they basically through use keep re-injuring the same thing. And it's like backing it up again, starting over. And you end up with a guy with his foot, for example. I knew a man, Gary Anderson, years ago. He's dead now. Gary suffered with diabetes. He's very tall, he's like six foot four, six foot five, maybe taller than that. And he had diabetes and he was doing pretty good with it until he dropped a really heavy engine component on his foot in his shop. Gary worked on cars and redid engines and rebuilt trannies and, worked and did auto body work. He dropped something on his foot and it, I mean, it broke the bone and it also of course broke the skin. 
Well, because of his diabetes, he just could never quite get it healed. And then he wouldn't listen to the doctor. And he, he, he's a working man. He, you know, he wasn't used to sitting around and it bothered him to have to sit around. So he wouldn't let his foot rest long enough to heal up. He'd get up and just insist he'd limp in there and keep working. And then he'd do something else and hurt his foot again. Eventually, my friend Gary had to have his foot amputated and it was terrible. You know, it was a really sad thing. But the truth is in the spirit world, you can limp long. You can show up for church, eh, a little bit, once in a while. You can have a little bit of blood flow and you know, you're being sustained enough maybe, but you can't quite ever get over your offenses. You can't quite ever get over your, your injuries. You can't quite ever get healed up. You're carrying all kinds of pain and struggles and silly things that happened to you 25, 30 years ago. You just can't get over it. And the problem is, you, is the blood flow. The problem is you're limiting the flow of grace that would repair you quickly and rapidly. And I can tell you how it happens very simply. And we've gone over this before, but listen to me because I want you to get healed. I want your wounds to be fixed because I don't want to see Satan amputate you from the body of Christ. Because once you're amputated, I'm going back to the original extra ecclesium nulla salis. It's not looking good for you when you're amputated. As a limb is from the body, worthless and rotting, so is anyone who self-amputates themselves from the body of Christ or allows Satan to do it for them. If you've got a wound, if you've got something broken inside you, you need to get it repaired. Here's how, humility. To the degree that you are proud and haughty and unteachable is to the degree that grace cannot be given to you because grace is only given to the humble. Pride comes before a fall, but grace is given to the humble. So only a humble man or a humble woman can be healed by the flow of grace in their life on Sundays and find the damage done to them when they're abused as a child the trauma inflicted during a rape, some kind of abuse, some kind of violent attack. There's all kinds of, unfortunately because of sin, a million ways that humans can be damaged emotionally and even physically. And it does not get ever really truly fixed unless the healing takes place beyond just the physical body that goes all the way down into the very depths of who you are. And only Jesus Christ and only the grace of Jesus Christ, only the shed blood of Jesus Christ can ever fix those things. You can go to a psychologist and spend whatever, 50 bucks an hour to let them yammer a bunch of head talk and they can give you a prescription and you can take those pills and it does mitigate some things. It does calm down imbalances in your body. The, the local doctor can do his best to get rid of some of the pain. But you know what? Doctors can't remove all pain all the time. And the reason for that is they don't know exactly how to do it. So now there are some people that doctors aren't even really sure why they're having so much pain. They don't even really know what's causing it, but they have pain management centers. I drove past one on our long trip to Washington, D.C. a few weeks ago. I saw this big facility. It's really large. It looked like a hospital, but it was just called the pain management center. And virtually everyone going there has settled in that they have pain caused by something that's never going away. And so they're doing their very best with medical science to at least lessen the pain. I have really good news for you. I have really good news for you. The blood of Jesus Christ was not just shed so you could barely manage the pain. 
The grace of God is sufficient not because he wants you to barely get through. The grace of God is sufficient, he was saying to Paul, so be patient and let me work it out. The grace of God can confront any difficulty, any struggle that you're facing in life and the, the more bitter the struggle, listen carefully, the more desperately you need God's grace to heal it and fix it. So when you get injured, right? This is what my friend Gary did. He got injured and he wouldn't listen. And he, because he, he's a hardworking guy. I understand that. Nobody wants to be confined to a chair. Ugh, boring. But, it, but he had to, he had to listen. If he had listened, his wife scolded him, his children scolded him. Dad, you gotta rest. He'd just do it. I mean, he had a habit of working, wouldn't listen. Listen to me, you gotta listen. You have to listen. Humility listens, pride doesn't. You have to listen. You have to humble yourself. You're getting good advice out of the scriptures from the word of God. It's good, it's wholesome. It will bless you. you. You resist it, you can do what you want, but it will result in amputation at some point. And let me tell you, you don't wanna be amputated from the body of Christ. And any minister that's been around for 12 months knows exactly what I'm talking about. Ephesians chapter four, verse seven, I want you to know something, you have grace. The question is how much, how much? You have grace, it's been deposited in you, but you basically clot up and don't allow it to do its work through pride. But look at what the Bible says, Ephesians 4, verse 7. But unto every one of us, this is really good news. Everybody gets injured. Everybody has pain. We live on this planet. So here's the good news. We, we all struggle with something. We're all dealing with something. Here's the good news. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. How? Well, we've gone over this in the series, but let's keep reading. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Where does the grace flow from, from heaven? Through the preachers. Now, in that he ascended, but it is that, but he had descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is even the same that ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. He therefore gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. For what? For what? Verse 12, for the repairing of the saints. Extra ecclesium nulla salus. Outside the church, there is no salvation. You need to be in the church because it's where the grace of God is distributed on a regular basis as his heart beats. You're the body of Christ. Every finger, every hand, every foot needs to flow with and in harmony with the rest of the body. Or else you end up like my friend Gary and you won't listen, you won't take the good advice. The healing can't happen. The injury keeps getting re-injured. It's just like permanent injury all the time, always limping, always hurting. And finally, eventually, the foot is amputated.
This has been Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. God himself blew on his tree so that there would be a light. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Extra Ecclesium Nulla Salus. There is no salvation outside of the church. Thank you for tuning in. 